Hey, I'm sex, love, and relationship therapist, Dr. Laura Berman. And for the past 30 years, I've been helping people just like you learn to love and be loved better. Here on the Language of Love Conversations, I'm talking to some of the world's most influential and revolutionary experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, and celebrities about love, sex, and relationships from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. And that way, my goal is to awaken your mind, body, and soul. It's time to become fluent in the language of love. I'm so excited for this language of love conversation. I got to tell you, this is probably a conversation for me personally that I've been intending to have with this week's guest for probably 10 or 15 years. Sonia Choquette. She's the author of 27 New York Times or international bestsellers. They've been published in 37 languages. She's a global author and speaker, really probably the most highly regarded expert in the field of intuition. And I'm sure, you know, if you were at all reading or exploring the spirituality field and certainly the field or the world of angels, guides, intuition, you have come across her work. About a year ago, she and her two really cute daughters, aren't they cute, Sonia and Sabrina? I know it's weird for someone to call two 30-something-year-olds cute, but to me, you guys are powerful and brilliant, but also so cute. Like I would love to have my children work with me. And that's exactly what these young women are are doing. They're working with their mom, not only published their own book recently with Hay House. Tell us the title of that book, ladies. Our name of our book is You Are Amazing. I you are amazing. Yeah. Help yourself guide to trusting your vibes and reclaiming your magic. We're going to talk about that this episode because that's really what you guys are all about. And they launched a podcast called It's All Related about a year ago that's doing really well. All about this, about trusting your guides, your intuition, your vibes, as they call it. And certainly at this time in our world evolution, it's more needed than ever before. So I'm so excited to dive into this with you guys. And I want to start here just in terms of it's all related and you as a family, because I think I first came across your work, Sonia, probably 15 years ago or more when my children were really rather young. And I remember reading, which is why I think it's so cool that I'm talking to the three of you now, because what I was most interested in at the time is I had three kids with significant anxiety and I knew that they were super empathic. I was just starting to explore my own spiritual and intuitive connection again, at least for the first time since I was a little girl. And I am married for almost 20 years to a man who I adore, who I nickname Senor Root Chakra because he is so (laughs) pragmatic and practical. And he like doesn't diss my spiritual connectiveness, but he doesn't live in that place. As we were raising our young children and I was insidiously trying to implant this awareness of that which you can't see and prove into their consciousness, it was, I could see them struggling between mom and dad's reality. And so I remember reading your, some of your books where you would talk about how to cultivate a spiritual connection, an intuitive connection in your children in these very subtle ways, which I think is so valuable for folks to understand and hear, because I think we all need to raise children. By the way, I managed it. You know, they poo-pooed me for a while, but now they're, you know, talking that way. But it can be tough. It's tough even when both of you, both parents and all the adults around the child are supportive because they live in a world, unless they live in a really cute California bubble somewhere of right. land, they live in a world where the rest of the world is pushing against that impulse, mm-hmm. Right. And certainly like the majority of people, couples, one of you is more, if any of you are attuned, it's really usually one of you and the other is not, right? So I'm wondering if you guys can speak to that a little bit, not only how to manage that difference or disparity in your home and just the influences that the child is under, but also these ways of cultivating a connection in your children right? And how to help them and us, because we need to connect too. how to help us access that higher guidance. Well, I think it's actually probably the most important question because you, 
you really connect with your intuition at home initially. If you have it modeled at home, then it becomes, it's normal for you. That's what I did. That's how I grew up. Um, I even wrote a book about it called The Intuitive Spark because it's more common that you have, I call the gas and the brakes. One's the gas, wants to develop this all into it. And then the other partner, the other parent might be the brakes, more yeah. the more yeah, we yeah. But I think that the atmosphere that I grew up in and cultivated with the girls is what's going on in your inner world and what's going on in the energy world is just as real as what is going on in the physical world, if not more so. But we needed to we needed to realize that while other people didn't necessarily recognize it, we don't need their permission mm-hmm. to recognize it. So how, how do you girls feel? Yeah. yeah how did she do that in action? <laughs> You know, in action, I think it was a really practical, daily, regular affirmation of our intuition as something that was real. So for us, even today, I called my mom, you know, I'm I'm in my 30s now, but I called my mom and I said, hey, mom, I know you're busy working, but I'm having a vibe about somebody. I'm sort of feeling an energy, a feeling. And her immediate reaction, and I think this is the thing that she did our whole lives, was to just really A, listen and be available, but be very validating to, yeah, I hear that. And I see that. And I understand that and just be with us and connect with us around our intuition. I think that that was probably the single most important thing she did. It was, she never made it weird for us to share a feeling, an intuition, a knowing. A lot of the time intuition just comes as a knowing or like a sense. I think that in just a really practical way growing up, she just really affirmed us in our intuition. And she also kind of didn't make it too big of a deal either way. Like it was just a daily part of the conversation that we were really encouraged to have within ourselves first and with each other. Sonia, what do you think? Does that sound right? Yeah. And just even to add to that, I think that when you're little and you're a kid, you often feel like the adults around you don't get it. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't totally understand you. And so for Sabrina and I, one thing that I really recognize and remember is when we were little and we would have a vibe, if we told our mom that the vibe is off, it was not a discussion. She wouldn't try and talk us out of it. She would honor our intuition as well. Like when we were little, if we had a bad vibe and we were in a group, we could go and squeeze her hand two times. And that was a signal of like, I've got a vibe. Oh my God. That's making me want to cry because... First of all, that's so beautiful and so, so, so important. And I remember so many times as a little girl, babysitters, you know, an after school teacher or something. And I would go to my parents and I would say, something's wrong. Like, she's really bad. I know she doesn't look like I didn't know how to say it. I I, I know she doesn't look bad, but there's something really bad. And they would just be like, you know, totally like most dismiss. Yeah, they would dismiss it. And I would get so angry eventually over time at the beginning, I just ignored. I just let myself be gaslit into not leaving it. And then it ended up being true. But as I got older, I would because it would even happen in adulthood. I would be like, after my mother died, dad, this woman that you're dating, there's something not that I expect my dad to abandon a woman he's dating because I have bad vibes. Right. But he wouldn't even consider it. And I would get so mad, especially when I turned it turned out to be true. To me, it always turns out to be true. I always held space to this day that if you have a vibe, you don't need evidence. Yeah. Yeah. It stands alone. And if they had a vibe, I would, I always would defend or protect or take their point of view. I don't think I've ever once in your lives said, no, you don't, your vibe is wrong. And I don't think I ever have. No. And I think in that way, in an interesting way, it was like our family was a democracy instead Mm -hmm. of of like an authoritarian (laughs) way. Like, you know, we all got a voice. We all got to say, we all got a voice. And even now I have a 14 month old and she doesn't speak words yet, but she has an opinion like the rest (laughs) of us at this. I'm like, this is a show cat woman too. She's coming in. (laughs) pointing her finger, telling us. And I really modeled to her what my mom modeled to us, which was to listen. She would really stop and and to give her a voice and really honor 
that this is her experience. And even if it's not my experience in that moment, it's to validate it. I think my mom did that beautifully. And I think her mom did that. Which is why you did it, Sonia, and why your girls are going to be able to do it. Because most of us didn't have the gift of being raised in a family or by anyone who honored that or gave us any voice. In fact, we're conditioned, at least in this society, that you're seen and not heard. That's still around, right? Or if you're knowing or your needs interrupt what the family's plans are, tough shit, you know? I had the opposite. One of the things that's interesting about my mom is she was deaf. She lost Mm. her hearing when she was a child during the war. She would say that was her greatest privilege is she didn't have to hear other people's (laughs) crazy opinions. And so the voice she listened to and kept her going was called my spirit. So she would say my spirit. And then she would say to us, if I ever went to my mom and and said, what should I do? Or I got a decision. She'd say, before I answer, what does your spirit say? Yeah. Oh, I wish and someone had done it back that. To me, and that's what I would do to the girls. It's like, well, what does your spirit say? Occasionally we would say, my spirit says something different than your spirit. Yeah. And like, then what do you do? Well, like, that's what I was thinking. Even when, exactly. when Sabrina was saying, I called my mom, I said, I'm having this vibe. I'm having this feeling, right? Part of that, I'm guessing, is not only to have her listen, but also in a way to have her confirmation, right? Like, I definitely think that it's, I think that's why our podcast is resonating with people too, because we do need confirmation. Yes. I actually think we, it's easy to get in our own heads about, I know for me, it's easy to get in my head about my intuition and having the community, having your people that you trust that you can go and voice it to and have it mirrored back to you and validated. And even if mom's like, I'm busy, got 16 things on the fire today. She'll stop and say, I hear you. I see that. And that's just that part of being in our family. That was such a gift was that we had that. I can call my mom or my sister. If mom's not available, I call Sonia. Sonia's not available. I call my mom. I can call one of them to get that validation. But it's also why I think for a lot of our clients, because Sonia and I both also, actually we all work with clients and we all mentor. But one of the things that I work with my clients around a lot is reparenting that part of themselves Mm -hmm. that really gets stunted if they didn't get the validation from mom or dad or community that how can you work with that part of you to really feel that you have your own back and then to find your tribe of people who are willing to really listen to you when you have an intuition, because we do need each other. You know, I don't think that it can just exist on its own. No, it's hard to trust that. And I interrupted you, Sonia, what were you about to say? Cause I was asking, I was going to also say, you know, one thing that my mom has taught Sabrina is, you know, intuition is, like vibration and we are vibrational beings. And so often where we, you get an intuitive sense, it might be a knowing in your gut or something. And often if we don't speak it out, it's almost like if we can start to speak it out yourself, you can start to differentiate between what's just chatter and what is true, your own intuitive sense. So even for me and I see with Sabrina or my mom, Having a place and a safe container, even just to be able to start to hear yourself. You mean as you speak it out to each other? Yeah. 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 You're like, oh, actually, that's just my, I can feel it's just my anxiety. I'm going to go for a walk and then I'll see if I still have the vibe. And those are just simple ways that your talks, I find for a lot of people, they get cut off here. They get cut off. They lose their voice. And that causes them to doubt themselves, doubt their intuition, doubt their decisions in life. Yeah. The other thing that's important is what my mom taught me and I taught them is just leave space for the vibe. Don't look for the validation instantly because it might, you're not going to get it instantly. So we'll just let it be. We'll speak it. We'll respect it. We'll create the space for it. And we will allow and consider the validity of it. Our belief is if it's a real vibe, you'll feel the same today, tonight, tomorrow, it's real, but you, right. You don't have to act on it right away. Right. And in fact, one of the reasons people abandon their intuition is they want instant validation. And that's, you're picking up something in motion that hasn't revealed itself yet. Mm. And so hold the space for that. And that's why we sound it out and let it sit. Yeah. 
And then if you still feel that way later tomorrow, then you sort of take it. And I think it's also important. I know you teach this a lot, that one of the keys to cultivating your intuition and having that constant guidance, really not that we aren't all getting that constant guidance. We are. It's just that we don't necessarily feel it or hear it. But in order to really feel it and hear it, you have to listen to it. Right. If you don't listen to it, if you keep ignoring it. Right that kind of cuts it off even more, right? Because our motto is if you name it, you claim it. Yeah. So speak it out and don't need to be right or wrong about it. We call it the third space. Let it be in the third space. Your logic brain is right and wrong, but Mm -hmm. your intuition is the third space, which is what feels true for me for now. Yeah. Having a third space gives you room to be an intuitive person. So let's talk about that for a minute, because I know you speak a lot about it and I'm all about me. My book, Quantum Love, is all about how we are all pure vibration and how we're affecting one another and what's available to us as a result of tapping in, you know, beyond the form into that field. Right. But the vibe that comes, right, the intuition that comes, sometimes I feel like it's something that I'm vibrationally picking up. Sometimes I feel like it's a message from angels or guides or whatever. I'm wondering if you guys can speak to from whence intuition vibes messages come. I would just say, you know, in terms of there are two ways, like, first of all, recognizing, as you're saying, that we are spirit, we are vibrational beings. And first in having a connection to your own spirit, I think of our own intuitions and also from our higher selves, our guides and our angels, it all comes through the same portal mm-hmm. of listening. So it's almost like this, the same phone line in a sense. How would I describe this? I feel like. Well, it's like, like flavors in a stew. Mm-hmm. There's a certain signature of higher self. It's like a tone or a frequency and you feel that's me. And then you feel like I'm picking up on someone else. It's a different signature. It's a different tone, but it's subtle, but it's different than me. Mm-hmm. And then you pick up a guide that yet is different, but they're all like subtle, different tones or signatures. And you can feel them just like you, if you start to pay attention to what you're, if you have a delicious stew and you pay attention, oh, that's yeah. coriander, that's, that's yeah, black yeah. pepper, that's tomato. With a little attention, you can begin to distinguish these different frequencies, but that's the value of the conversation because as you converse, you kind of pull the threads apart. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a vibe. I don't know if we all can say, I don't know if it's me, if it's them. We call the poopy diaper. The poopy <laughs> diaper is just the funk of the, I mean, the funk of the world. Yeah. And then as we talk about it, it starts to separate and then we name it. It was always a kind of almost like a game. Oh, now I know that is my mom coming through or or I am absolutely having a bad vibe about that person or this is my higher self pushing me forward. And I think the conversation, which is always fun, we're like detectives. Yeah. And we pull it apart and then we can kind of, it finds the tones in us and that helps us identify. And how do you pull it apart? What does that look like? So I think for us, it depends. Like if we're with each other, it would be like my mom's describing, like, let's talk about this vibe and how does it feel and what does it look like? And if it, you know, had a color, what would the color look? We really think of intuition and vibration in an imaginative sense. My mom always said this to us growing up, and this is true. Like the place that our intuition dwells is the same place that our imagination is. So make it up. If you don't know, make it up. It's sort of like that was our permission to just use our imagination to fill in the blank. And I think that that was so brilliant because for us, it's not the logical linear mind that picks up on vibration and energy. It's actually a completely separate connected, but separate part of ourselves. It's connected to a bigger quantum field than us. So using our imagination was sort of like bridging the gap. So we talked about it in terms of what does it look like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What do you see? What do you imagine when you think about it? So if I'm by myself, let's say mom's on an airplane and Sonia's somewhere else, (laughs) I don't have anybody to talk to about it because my husband is very much like yours. Mm -hmm. He is a biomedical engineer scientist. And I sometimes look at him and I don't know how you ended up in this family, but you did. So he's not going to always be like, as I'll say, I have a vibe about this. I have a vibe about this. And he's kind of like, okay, okay. But he doesn't really like pull it apart with me. 
So for myself, I will sort of use my like imagination palace, if you will. And I'll look at it from different angles within my imagination. And I'll say, well, does this feel like for me, sometimes I'll go and I'll go, oh, this is Nana for sure. Like my mom's mom, like a signature of like, oh, this is the, it smells like Nana. It tastes like Nana. It looks like Nana. It has Nana's humor attached to it. This is my Nana coming through and giving me a really clear message. Then other times I'll go and I'll have a look at it in my imagination and it'll look like just a feeling to me. But I'm also very, I would say of the three of us, very like visual. Mm -hmm. So maybe for you guys, it's different. Like for me, I really use the visual, but maybe it's for other people. It can just be a feeling in their body or like a knowing. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So you dial into the emotions. Yeah, I think for me, my intuition, I feel like I'm way more... Claire sentient. I feel things very deeply in my body. And so for me having a connection to my physical body, that alone tells me what the signatures are. And I would say in terms of being able to tell from messages from outside, my guides, my angels, I like what Sabrina was saying, Nana, or even my own intuition, my higher self. I find that my higher self usually speaks to me in the like immediate. So it'll give me like a next step and it will tell me if I'm true, like a house, I'm in alignment. Let's say if I find messages from my guides, from my angels, from outside of myself, it's usually things that surprise me, whether I'm walking along and I find a penny on a sidewalk, which has been a universal sign in our family or get a fun surprise. That's usually when I find for me, but I was saying to Sabrina, yeah, more Claire sentient. And then it kind of just resonates. I'm like, Oh, that's that's like me too. And let's just take a minute for folks to understand this. There's all these different ways that these messages come in and we all kind of have natural strengths. Let's say not that we don't can't cultivate all of them, but there is Claire sentience, which is what you're talking about with where you feel right. The feel it's a gut feeling or a physical feeling. Then there's Claire audience, right? Where that you, me. that's I'm you, you hear always hearing and getting the, the whole download. So I'm the Claire audience one. I, I feel like I'm in a constant conversation with the whole constellation of, of guides and angels and teachers and vibes and kids. And so I feel like I'm the satellite. And they're talking, you can hear it. You hear the conversations and the messages. But it's interesting for me. It's not, it's not language. They're yeah. talking to me in the language of vibration. I mm-hmm. speak vibration, but it's a dialogue. You can translate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm the clairvoyant one. I'm seeing yeah. things sort of. And even when I work with my clients, I often work with the, like, I don't work on the video screen because I'm, I'm usually up here. Like my eyes yeah. are up looking above. And so it's sort of awkward to have a conversation with somebody when you're not making eye contact with them because I'm looking and seeing in my imagination space, you know, what, what are my guides showing me? You know? So for me, it's very visual. Yeah. And am I missing anything? So there's clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient. Is there anything we're missing? I feel like there's a fourth, but I might be making it. Claircognizant. That's the other one. That's really easy for me where you just have a knowing. A knowing. And we all have that. It's almost like something just drops in. There's no process about it. It's just, that's it. And we actually have a term for that in our family. My mom always used, which is I got a hit. So if you're having a conversation and you get a hit, it's like, oh, it's, that's that knowing sense of, and you might be just bopping along in your day and all of a sudden you get a hit and you're like, where did that come from? (laughs) You know, and that is definitely, and I think that's where for a lot of people, they are getting hits all the time, but they're not necessarily languaging it to themselves as a hit or at, so I think. Or even acknowledging it in the moment. And I do think one of the big things in our family is a hit is marching orders. Yeah. Any one of us has a hit, do that or don't go here. We have to do that. We're on it. We don't have a process of negotiation. A hit is a mandate. 
<laughs> That's it. When was we'll the last? What's an example of a hit mandate in your family that happened that you can do? We have it in good general. I got a, a hit a year ago to go get a to get a tattoo, and I found all of a sudden dropped in, got my perfect artist, and then I was going to Milan to get a tattoo, and then I got the hit to go to Lake Como, and so I was just popped in. I was like. Part of me didn't want, was like, ah, oh, I got all these different things. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to make the decision and do it. And it was, it was a perfect like hit of just having to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't think a lot, Laura. We don't negotiate. <laughs> we don't just do it. We just do it. I remember one year I, I got, a, we were all going on a trip to come to London for Thanksgiving. I remember this. We waited and all of a sudden we're at the airport and I got a hit. We shouldn't go. And here's the thing in our family about a hit. We don't need to justify it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just Everybody said, honors the hit. I said, everyone went, we got a hit. We're not, not going to London. Not going to London. And I don't know why. And here's a better one. This is a fun one. We were traveling as a family with friends to go to Paris. And it was in July in Chicago coming to Paris. And we had our boarding cards and we were waiting in line. And I got a hit to ask to go on a different flight. So I just walked up without telling anybody and went to the gate agent. And I said, excuse me, can you check to see if we can change our seats and go on a different flight? And she was so annoyed. She said, you have your boarding cards. We're going to board in 10 minutes. And I said, I know, but can you just humor me? and see. And she was so annoyed. And then I said, well, I travel a lot. I'm a 1K traveler on United. Can you just please humor me? And I said, oh, and by the way, there's seven of us. Oh, and so now she's pissed. Yeah. Her guy comes over and he, and he sees her aggravated. So I'm the troublemaker. And he says, I'm sorry, but we don't have time for this. This is just trouble. And as he's saying this to me, the captain comes out to them in front of me and says, this plane as a mechanical, it's not going. Ah, so you knew. He yeah. just freaked out. She goes, how did you know? And I said, I got a hit. <laughs> so he types us out. We got seven boarding passes and then we ran down the terminal where for the later flight, which was 90 minutes later, the only ones in 300 people in July and one seat was first class. Nice. Who got that, Mama? <laughs> the one I with the hat. <laughs> everyone's in line. Yeah. Nobody argues. Nobody says anything. Yeah. I move in. They look at me. I, I mean, if your friends didn't say anything. If it were an opinion, we would argue, right? Back to what we were talking about before yeah. that we're very egalitarian in our family. But if mom said, I have a hit, that was just like, everybody just fall in line and like do what we need to do. Same with the girls though. They had a hit. Totally. I would say, I I would say this is a funny one. My mom is amazingly intuitive except for in one category, which is picking restaurants. She has a terrible, (laughs) she picks the the worst worst restaurants. I almost feel like she feels bad for the restaurant. So she zones in so that we have to go to the restaurant where nobody else is. It's great. It's great here. It's great. And I'm like, mom, I have such a bad vibe, but my mom wrote a beautiful book called Waking Up in Paris, which is about my mom and I moving to Paris and our experience of like leaving behind our life after like real loss and grief and starting over. And there were so many times we were just so traumatized and we were so raw, you know, and I think sometimes that can be, can go either way with your intuition. It's almost like you can be so fogged that you don't, it's like connecting is in some ways more difficult, but then in other ways, you're even more hyper-connected. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember so many times we'd walk into a place and we'd sit down and we'd just be like exhausted and we would order and they would come over and they would order. And I would just look at her and I'd be like, we have to leave. We have to leave. And she would be like, we've already ordered. I said, mom, I'm just telling you, we cannot stay here. Like we have got, and so my mom would go up to the waiter and be like, make some grand excuse about why we had to get out and leave. And we would, that happened a lot. I think that we would, that's where sometimes even as really intuitive people, because we are really intuitive, like it's listening to and honoring and acting on it. Cause the times we'd ignore it. And then this like awful food would come or this yeah. crappy experience or worse, like food poisoning or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go, God, we knew we should leave. 
So I think that's the benefit of listening to and acting on. But what was coming to me earlier when we were talking, and I think this is the benefit if somebody's like really get starting to want to work with their intuition. And I'm sure you found this too, just in your therapeutic work with your clients, how important it is language. Like a lot of the time people feel things, they know things, they sense things, but they don't know how to language it to themselves. So having these little things like calling it a hit or saying it's my vibes, or even like if someone feels really connected to like, a loved one who's passed. To me, my mom was never very finicky about where the guidance was coming from. It was just being open to the guidance. Like yeah. I didn't really get kind of bogged down in the details too much. Yeah. I have a thing with my girlfriends because it's really my friends who are my tribe around this. I don't, you know, my kids will tolerate it and they're starting to come around, but they're not the ones that I call when I get a hit. We call them downloads, right? Not necessarily the hit like to go, but if all of us, like I'll be in a conversation with a girlfriend and she's talking about something. And then all of a sudden, I know it's not coming from my brain or even my heart. It's like, okay, something, there's like a message message for you here or they will. And it's kind of become a joke because we'll be like, I got a download and then start spewing it out. But I think you're right that it doesn't really matter where it comes from. But when you do have that language and whatever that language is, the kind you're talking about, the kind I'm talking about. But if you're talking to someone who really wants to start accessing this higher guidance, it's available to all of us. What do you all recommend? What are the steps or strategies for someone who's just opening up the door? The first thing is to recognize and begin from the beginning that this is normal. And the number one thing people say is I'm afraid people will think I'm weird. And so I say, embrace your weird, embrace your woo-woo. Amen. Don't worry about it. Be weird and just say it works for me. Yeah. This is what I feel it works for me. So I'd say start there. Yeah. And I, I, my mom wrote about this in one of her books, The Psychic Pathway, but I was just talking to a friend about it. And she said, there's four decisions that you have to make in order to access your intuitive guidance. First, be open to intuitive guidance. So just be available. Second of all, expect intuitive guidance, that you are a vibrational being and that your intuition works. Like that's a bit of a leap. The third one is to act on your intuitive guidance. So when you get a hit, a nudge, you make a decision and that that breeds confidence. And then four, trust your intuitive guidance. So I feel like I just read that and I was like, love that mom. Well, I got the notes. It's just just a series of decisions that say, I don't have five senses, I have six. And I'm going to use all six because why wouldn't I? Why birds have radar, whales have sonar, bats have their own thing. Why would we be stuck in the dark, you know? That's got their own thing going on. Exactly. <laughs> going on. Yeah, the bats find their way. So why can't we? We don't have to be being bats. We can find our way too. Yeah. It's all about really allowing yourself to be that informed and to recognize that we have more than a left brain. We have a right brain, a heart brain, a gut brain, and a spirit informing us. And we need all of it to direct our lives. So Make it your new normal. What I coined lately that seems to be getting a lot of green lights is I say intuitive intelligence is the next frontier. Mm. It's the next level after emotional intelligence. Yeah. And when I call it intuitive intelligence, people are a lot more interested yeah. than when I call it my vibe. So it's like, <laughs> you know, but so they're basically the same thing. I'll learn that how you how you need to hear it, but it is an intelligence that really takes us forward. It's our other intelligence is always mirroring the past, our emotions, our experiences from our logic and emotions come from behind us. And intuitive intelligence is what's coming toward us. And so it's the next frontier. And that seems to get some green lights. Yeah, that resonates with me too. And I also think there have been many unexpected gifts of all the tragic aspects of COVID and the whole shutdown around the world and everything else. We could go on about that for ages, but one of just in terms of this conversation, one of the things that I think was really valuable about it is that it for when we could no longer go outside, we had to go inside. Our distractions were completely, most of them, other than technology, were completely taken away. And in my experience, and I want to get your take on this, that is really one of the keys. You know, most of us didn't have baked into our daily lives quiet moments 
getting still for a moment and tuning into your body, getting into your out of your head and into your body, being present in the present moment so that you can tune in, tap in and access the guidance. We were just hamsters on the wheel, running, getting everything done and too distracted, right? So when so many of those distractions were suddenly ripped away from us, obviously it created a lot of issues for a lot of people. But one of the benefits was that there was now this opportunity for stillness. And I think that that is one of the divine plans that has driven us toward accessing this intuitive intelligence on on a massive scale, don't you think? I would totally agree with that. And I think that my mom always said to us growing up, intuition exists in the present moment. And I think what so much has happened in our lives, especially pre-COVID, was there was no present moment. We were always distracted in our heads, on our phones, on our computers, in our lives, running from one thing. Sometimes I laugh and think about all the things I did pre-COVID that I cannot even imagine doing now. You know, how I was navigating my life at such a rate that really isn't in alignment with my true nature. Even growing up in this family, I think that there's just something to be said for society. And so it's like when we find those quiet, still moments within ourselves, those are our moments that we can actually connect with something. It's like you were talking about being on the phone with your friend. It's like what you are is completely present with your friend in that moment thinking about anything other than the topic at hand and being completely emotionally, physically, spiritually available to her. And then that's when the download comes. I've never had a download come when I'm distracted in my head, you know, running from the gym to a meeting to it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's easier to get downloads when we know how to find stillness throughout our day. And I think that that's also for me, just in my life looks like just slowing down sometimes, taking a breath. I might not be able to slow everything down, but if I can slow myself down in the midst of everything, then I can feel genuinely more connected. Yeah. And I think it's, that's so true and so powerful. And even for me, like in the beginning of COVID, I was with my husband and even my kids, we were binge watching a million things. I mean, I could go all day on technology, right? So we can keep ourselves distracted and busy, even stuck at home. But for me, and this, I think, is is relevant to what you were saying, younger Sonia. <laughs> I have to distinguish. I don't know how you guys distinguish yourselves, Sonia and Sonia. We feel the vibe. We feel the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> when I started, you know, I, I'm very open about this. You know, I don't know that it's so relevant, except maybe in a conversation that I want to have with you before we end about angels. But I, I lost my son. My son was murdered with fentanyl poisoning about a little over a year ago. And in order to heal... I knew that I could not run. Like I had to just really stay in my body. I really got the download, the very clear message. You are going to die. This will literally kill you if you don't allow yourself to feel it, which was such an oxymoron at the time, because of course, the last thing you want to do is feel the depth and breadth of pain that is indescribable when your child is killed. So I did with a tremendous amount of support. And I had to be very courageous and I continued to do it. But one of the cool things that grew out of that was I was more in my body than I ever had been in my life. And what I didn't realize, which I think is so unbelievably powerful, I knew intellectually, obviously, that we're spirits having bodily spirits in these human bodies, right? And I knew but I had always kind of spent a lot of time up here in my head and in the ether and What I didn't realize is how deeply our bodies are a bridge to our soul and that the more I was in my body, even in those most horrific, painful places, just cultivating a being in my body, I got so much more access to everything else which seems counterintuitive because, you know, we get taught in the spiritual teachings of past that you your body isn't important and be up here in the spirit and access and it's up there and outside of yourself, but it's actually our antenna and our access point and our bridge is the body. And I was shocked at how unembodied I didn't realize how unembodied I wouldn't have considered myself someone who wasn't in her body before, but since having to do this in order to heal one of the amazing, beautiful side benefits of that, is that it's such an amazing access point. So 
for me, one of the things that I'm just mentioning this as a tip as part of this conversation is in order to continue to heal and take care of my this vessel, I make it. I'm not great at meditating every day, but I always take just 10 minutes to ground, go into my body, scan my body, get fully present, let out whatever emotions need to come out, whatever it wants to do in the moment. And I do feel like that keeps my antenna called clean and strong. Yeah, absolutely. We, we actually call that vibe check. Ah, okay. I say, take two breaths and a slide, two (laughs) breaths, you exhale out. Yeah. You empty the brain and then, ah, you slide into the body. Ah, beautiful. And I, I kind of make it as simple. It's like, okay, two breaths and a slide because that brings you back home. Mm-hmm. Then vibe check. Mm-hmm. Then, then be in and start looking around and start yeah. looking around from the place in the heart. And I honestly appreciate you sharing this because I honestly believe that what you're sharing is quite possibly the only pathway to healing, Yeah, profound profound grief and gaining access directly, not just some idea, some spirit mojo talk, but to have a direct experience of yourself as an expanded spiritual being and connecting to the spirit realm as a real direct experience. I don't think you can do it. I'm confident you can't do it any other way. Yeah. And why would we? We're here in these bodies. Why? We're in these bodies, and these bodies, every cell of our body is a messenger. Yeah. And there, yeah. and so I say, you listen, but you don't listen with your ears. Listen with your whole body. Listen with your body, not your head. Yeah. And you're reminding me now of another thing that I have just, and I'm curious if you agree, I've started just intuitively using, which is along the lines of what we were talking about. It's like, how do you checking out your hits or your downloads or your vibes or whatever? For me, if I want to know, like if I'm starting to question it and I want to know, especially if I'm working with someone and Mm -hmm. I, cause I get really concerned inside myself, I don't want to give them stuff that isn't true or real. I started just I call it running it through my heart, like a, like a scanner. Yeah, <laughs> and, if I, and if I scan it through my heart, it feels like my heart, unlike my pet or my root or any other part of me, my heart is like always pure. Yes. And it will tell me, oh yeah, right on sister or eh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> so like if in the moment I yes. run it through my heart and it doesn't get the green light, I don't say it. I love that. I love that because, and like you said, we don't look for if our vibes are right. We check if they're true. Yeah. If they yeah. resonate as true. So running it through your heart, that's a great, great, mm. simple way for everybody to just, you know, take that and go slide into the heart. Yeah. Then move through that. And I believe that we know. Yeah. If we take a moment and we don't know ever in the head, I actually call your head a bad neighborhood. You want yeah. to say that. <laughs> it's a crazy neighborhood. It's a crazy yeah. neighborhood yeah. and you can never drop your armor. when yeah. you, And that's part of why we can't get our vibes if you're in your head because you're armored. Because yeah. you're, you're, you're dodging mental bullets. But when you slide home yeah. and you're in your heart, you can open up and then you can begin to receive. Yeah and experience more than your head, which is pushing everything away yeah. and lobbing its own bombs. It wants, that, to, it wants to keep you safe. It's all well-intentioned, yeah, totally. like a toxic parent, you know, who's just yeah, trying yeah. to be, exactly. to help you. So take, <laughs> take the bus out of the bad neighborhood with a nice slide home. Aww. And yeah. you know that everybody, I always say our intuition is part of who we are. This conversation tells people where the switch is. Right. But once we know where the switch is, it works. Yeah, no, it totally does. You don't have to develop the workingness. You just have to know it works and then then let yourself be that bright. Let yourself be that bright and informed. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Before we go, I could keep talking to you guys forever, but I know you've written a lot and you talk a lot. And obviously it's more important to me than ever personally, this idea of connecting with angels, right? And connecting with the other side. And I'm wondering if I know this is obviously part of this larger conversation because we're getting messages from angels and guides all the time. That's that's part of who and what's delivering those messages. 
but really accessing them with intention. What advice do you have around that? Well, I have two popular books that I think are manuals of how to let yourself be helped and supported. And the one called Ask Your Guides. Mm-hmm. Ask. I'll yeah. just go right to the title. Ask for help and expect that it's there. That's what they're there for. Yeah. If you think whatever you love and whoever you love, if they ask you for help because you love, you would be right there. And yeah. the same on, you know, amplified 10,000 fold and million fold that when we ask because we're so loved, and we're so precious when we ask for help and allow ourselves to be helped. Our guides are so happy. Our angels are so happy. They've just help been us. waiting around for us to ask. I, they're waiting around going, did you get any calls? No, I didn't get any. I got a couple hangups, but you know, no, no real calls. And they're so happy to help you. And they, they help you in such fun and funny ways. Yeah. So that when you do get the help, not only do you get the help, but you usually get a laugh or a surprise or yes. it lifts you up. And yeah. we can just see that as spirit, of course, we're going to have spirit guides. Mm-hmm. And the big the shift is see yourself as spirit. Yes. You're having that you're, you're encased in this beautiful system called your body, but what animates you is your spirit. spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I was just going to add to that, mom. I think that what you always said to us growing up, what Nana always reiterated to us growing up is that spirit, mom mentioned this earlier, doesn't speak English. So a lot of the time, like for me, my guides and angels, they'll put a song on, like I'll mm-hmm. hear a random song or I'll get a song in my head and I'll know that's my message. Or I'll see like a, an animal spirit friend that will come and it's like, there's Nana, there's grandpa, there's the visitor, there's my friend, you know, there's, I think that it's about really seeing and orienting towards believing first that yeah. not only is this a direct conversation and you might have a dream that you wake up and you go, oh my God, I just had like the most powerful dream. It was like we were there. It was like it was real. You said, yeah. In our family, we're like, it was real. Yeah. It, was real. Experience. it was real. It was just real on a different plane than yeah. the one we're currently on, but it's no less real. So I would say to be open to the creative ways that spirit speaks. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I remember, I mean, this still happens. If I say Sammy, because he he has a very good sense of humor, always did, and very cheeky. And I'd be like, give me, I just really want to feel you. Give me a sign. And immediately like the light, my bedside light will just start blinking or I'll find a nest of baby birds. Like I found a nest of baby birds in the corner of my Santa Monica teeny backyard under wow. some grass, like who nests, wow. you know, that same day. So yeah, I do feel like often that support and those messages come in those practical ways. When you ask, it's not like you're going to see a being with wings come in and be like, Hello, oh, I have a message to tell you, you know, like you read about in the, in the Bible, right. They don't come yeah. that way. Yeah. And I, one thing that my mom has taught us, and I think Serena and I both teach our clients is start writing down all your little hits, your nudges, yeah. those, those moments, because then you'll start to affirm those experiences for yourself. And that can also cause help your mind that can sometimes question, overthink, dismiss, to start trusting and noticing and looking for those signs. And for me, when I think about the language of guides and angels, I always think of it as, as playful. Mm-hmm. So to look for those little like joyful things that show up, you know, like baby birds. I love yeah. it. Baby <laughs> birds. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I could talk to you all forever. I want to come have a sleepover with the producers. <laughs> Oh, don't tempt me. So Sonia, you have a re-release, a new version of one of your most popular books, Trust Your Vibes, that's coming out the end of June, right? The 21st of June. And I wrote it 22 years ago and was asked by my publisher to rewrite it mm-hmm. to current time. So it addresses the post-COVID world, the things we've been in. And I learned some things. I got I developed some better tools and skills and language. So yeah, and you're it, totally different than you were 22 years ago. I know. Thank God. Right. I grew yeah. up a little bit and I evolved. <laughs> and so I shared what I've learned 
and really made it, I think also I've become more confident. Yeah. My framing it. Yeah. I claim it. I'm a little more direct and like, come on, people, let's, let's, let's just get to the point here. I'm not going to try to talk you into it. Let's just take this ball and run. So I think the book tone is, is pretty confident and direct and super practical. Yeah. It's like a manual. It is like everyone. All right. Tool. Here we go. And how to, yeah. I mean, I'm biased. I think yeah. I'm biased. Aww, so sweet. So I want you guys to check out their podcast. It's all related. It's three of them talking about all of this kind of stuff and bringing you along for the ride as part of their family of vibe, trusting spirits, having a human experience. That's my tagline, not theirs. I just, <laughs> but if people want to learn more, I know you all coach, as you said, you all help people access their guidance and their intuition and they can follow you. I'm assuming on social media, what's the best way to do that? Sonia Tully. Well, mine's uh, Sonia Tully underscore at Instagram and TikTok, or you can go to my website, Sonia Tully.com. I have a YouTube channel. And it's T-U-L-L-Y. T-U-L-L-Y. Yes. And um, same Sonia Choquette on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram. I can't keep up. They help me. They (laughs) they just post your stuff for you. And YouTube. I do it. They post it. I wish my kids would do that for me. I'm very lucky. And also, even if you come to our podcast, I think all that information. Yeah, everything's everything's laid out there. And there's some beautiful things. My mom has new courses launching this year and lots of fabulous, wonderful things that Sonia does all the time and online workshops. And right now I'm in the thick of having a 14 month old. He does not sleep. He's not a sleeper. So I'm not the most productive member of the crew at the moment, but I do manage to get on that podcast every week. (laughs) Listen, what you're doing is probably the most productive of all of us. Having been there, it's, it's a ride. Those 24 hour love need machines, love need machines. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys so much for the work you do in the world and for who you are and for spending this time with us. This was really wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting us onto your show. I just really appreciate it. It was really fun.